The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on to a special Paul George extension edition of the Hollinger Duncan podcast. We are also going to go through some of our preseason disagreements. Uh, John and I are in the process of doing our preseason predictions, not totally finalized, but we talked a little bit about where we see some of these teams and where we have some big disagreements. So we're going to get into that. You can see some of those teams we disagree on here in the rundown on the left uh, for those watching on Twitch right now. But let's start here with the Paul George extension. John and your thoughts on this I thought it was a really interesting move because basically I mean to me this is still about Kawhi Leonard at the end of the day that you make sure that you have George extended so that you can get Leonard to re-sign uh, when he inevitably opts out of his contract at the end of the season you're already all in with the five first you gave up for Paul George which is basically again to get Kawhi Leonard uh, they will lose on this contract pretty clearly Paul George is 30 uh, I estimate his value for the coming season to be like roughly $30 million. Um, and you're talking about a deal that pays him in excess of 40 in the out years uh, out till age 34. Like there, that the back end of this contract is definitely going to be an L uh, for the Clippers, but they're all in for right now, basically this year, next year. And if you can get Kawhi Leonard to re-sign, then maybe, you know, it extends your window and maybe that ends up worth it at the end of the day, even if mid-decade you have some crappy teams um so that that's sort of my take i thought it was i thought it was interesting uh was somebody going to give paul george a four-year max next summer yeah you probably couldn't rule it out especially with the knicks involved um but they i mean they really went whole hog and like gave him his max a year early basically so a, a lot of things come to mind here i mean first the Kawhi aspect of this uh for those who are wondering well why not extend Kawhi? is he extension eligible how is the scandal he's not extending well he only signed a two plus one so that's not eligible eligible to extend right now uh, and that was always it he wants to get to 10 years of service next year and then he'll be available for the 35 percent mac for george this is not an overreaction you would say to what happened in the bubble that he and paul george did shoot 41 percent from three on a crazy number of attempts last year and he had a, a pretty good season and this team uh, by net rating was the second best in the nba last year i think they are of the belief that they got better this year and so yes you should definitely be all in another aspect of this too 
is that if it doesn't work out this year i think this actually puts the clippers in better position potentially because they could in theory move paul george now you know what team is for going Bla- to- for blake griffin john wall or russell westbrook sure yeah well i mean are you better off would you rather just have the cap space i mean they wouldn't have had space anyway that's the that's the problem this it's, it's the bird rights trap right like yeah. You, you're yeah so you're you're better off having him under contract probably because you can't you're net you're not going to be able to generate meaningful cap space unless him and Kawhi both leave in which case you have cap space but your team is dog shit so it doesn't matter so <laughs> I, I would say so I, I think from that perspective um, that's an interesting point but it also takes things off the table for this year right you can't trade Paul George for James Harden anymore you, he's not trade eligible until after the trade deadline now yeah that's a, a good point um, I mean still though both my thought of trading George and yours trades generally just don't work like that right like teams aren't like the houston would not have been interested in paul george as an expiring contract to be traded for james harden right like you know team generally you trade old for young and established player for asset and so a a player like paul george is the type of player that a contender like the clippers would be trying to acquire it seems unlikely the clippers would just do a challenge trade for some other star with some team that has good players that they're going to send back so uh, the idea of trading george is probably would probably already wasted too much ink on that frankly um but from george's standpoint in retrospect this probably shouldn't have been as big of a surprise as it seems to have been because the initial reporting it remember paul george it was after eight years of service with oklahoma city Mm -hmm. and he signs a three plus one and a lot of people thought that was curious at the time you know why not sign the two plus one that's what everyone thought do the same thing that leonard is doing uh and then Mm -hmm. after last season he could have signed on for the uh the full max five years uh, at the 35% max. Instead, what the reporting was was now Paul George could get an extension after you know of because 3 years contracts can be extended, 2 year contracts cannot. And so mm-hmm. he can get an extension and that's why he signed the 3 plus 1. I always thought that was seemed like kind of specious reasoning at the time. You'd want to become a free agent earlier uh to lock in at the max, but that was supposedly what the plan was according to Woj and in fact, that's the exact plan that they executed here. Yeah, and I mean, I guess you could say he could have he could have become a free agent last year and signed for four years at the 35% max, but he still got four years at the 35% max. Yeah. And he wasn't getting, and I don't think that year on the back end was going to be at the 30% max. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I think he may have actually maximized his career earnings by doing it this way and taking out his high earning years to age 34 instead of age 33. That's an interesting point. Yeah. And I mean, because he would have had to re-sign with wherever he was too last year and to get the five years so yeah this is uh i mean it does seem like the plan that they laid out ended up getting executed pretty well i mean is are you feeling like you wouldn't have done this as the clippers or is this the right move it's probably the right move given where they are um i mean you're you know in i mean they're already fucked in 2025 anyway right yeah like weren't they like yeah so you know yeah why not just do it twice (laughs) and i so it takes two things off the table um one uh you you don't have any worries about having to come up with a fifth year for Paul George in the summer, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. which would have been nuts, but you know, he could have played harp 
football with them and be like, well, I'm going to go to the Knicks otherwise, you know? And then uh, I, th- I think it takes some of the theater out of this season in terms of Paul George and Kawhi both being able to leave if things go sideways. Now, now you know Paul George is locked in. I just I just think it makes it it makes it a much uh, stickier place, like sticky in terms of not being able to get away uh, for, for Kawhi Leonard that Paul George is definitely saying there and they can't go someplace else as a package deal. Um, and George, I think just with his size and shooting ability and should age into at least being like still a usable player at age 34 and 35, you know, he will be massively overpaid, but you know, a solid yeah. three and D wing even is going to be making 20 million a year by that point. So yeah, if he's making 40, that's not great, but it's also, you know, he, he's not a totally useless guy who's just going to be out of the league uh, the way you know more scoring focused guys might be like he has other complementary skills so um yeah anything else you want to talk about on this one uh i mean the other thing from the clippers perspective you're basically locked into being a tax team for the foreseeable future so that that's going to be interesting uh there, there are a few million into the tax this year i mean once Kawhi, assuming you get Kawhi to resign like i, I just don't see a way for them to not be a tax team going forward yeah and we may maybe we'll see them try to get out of the tax this year but then again steve Ballmer has more money than anybody any owner in nba history so uh he may just not care if they go into the repeater tax or not but yeah i mean they will have uh they will be seven million dollars into the tax with nine players as of next year assuming leonard resigns for this uh same oh actually yeah see uh leonard yeah yeah leonard will be 39 million to start next year also same as george in theory so um okay yes that's uh but this is uh, i mean i think this is a good sign for the clippers that there's this feeling there's all this pressure this year it could all fall apart etc etc i think taking that away especially for a team that has looked a little mentally fragile is probably a good thing yeah 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 it it eliminates one thing that could distract them this year for sure listeners i want to tell you about a new offering from sports business classroom an organization that i was involved in founding and now they are launching the cba mastery course courtesy of the cap father himself larry coon who created the first cba faq way back in 1999 nobody knows more about the cba than larry coon and now for the first time you can learn the same information that larry has been teaching teams agents and executives for over 20 years at your own pace which is awesome all the sexy stuff is in there uniform player contracts exceptions trades extensions waivers the gilbert arenas provision all of it's available via on-demand video you can get interactive exercises you can do at your own pace there's an exclusive members only cba mastery forum definitions of all the key cba terms a certificate of completion if you complete the course you can also be included in exclusive emails promoting jobs in the in the industry you get a discount on sports business classroom 2021 business of basketball immersive experience in las vegas subject to admission of course and placement on the exclusive Vegas Summer League talent profile website accessed exclusively by sports business executives looking for job candidates. If you sign up, you can receive 10% off the price of the CBA Mastery course using the discount code CAPSPACE if you're paying in full or CAPSPACE 
PP if you're playing with a payment plan. Once again, that's the discount code CAPSPACE or CAPSPACE PP for CBA Mastery at CBAMastery.com. Speaking of things that could distract a team this year, mm-hmm. Giannis Sadanakumpo, a rather bizarre press conference yesterday. Yes, yes. Um, his comments were essentially, well, you know, I'm I'm just trying not to let it distract me and I'm leaving it up to my agent and the Bucks to negotiate something. It's like, uh, oh yeah, I mean, is, is it stressful? Are you just going to say like, yeah, you know, I would have loved to stay there, but we just couldn't work out a deal yeah it, <laughs> there was just, just, they just didn't, didn't offer me enough money do, you know they wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't give us the trade kicker yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it it did sort of uh de- i mean and i'm sure that's him. just cliches to just try to get the yeah. media off his back but uh, you know, i mean it, it only made it worse though yeah if yeah. if you're trying to spin this with rose colored glasses for the milwaukee bucks maybe you could say well maybe they're trying to work something out where he wouldn't take the full max or something or like you know just to like give him a little more breathing space to put a team together i mean that's the other thing too for next year is that if he gets the super max and they re-sign holiday i mean they're like they're gonna be further into the tax than i certainly would have thought that the milwaukee bucks would ever go oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah between holiday Giannis, and middleton absolutely and that's uh you know that that's before they even get into some of these other guys like if dante divincenzo turns out to be worth like a 20 million dollar extension like this could be a spectacularly expensive team yeah no it, it seems that way so uh i mean it seems like he's not gonna sign it right i, I mean like, like what he has all the information that he's needed to make this decision i mean he's gonna be like oh let's see how we look in camp and then i'm gonna decide i mean that's that seems unlikely yeah yeah or yeah you know are they trying to make some kind of decision about whether to sign short and what that might look like maybe i guess i don't know i it's it's it it all seems pretty disingenuous when the you know the five-year supermax is sitting out there they've had months to figure out what they want to do if they don't take it you know if they would rather do a two plus one uh so it 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 all just seems a little bizarre yeah i mean he is eligible for like a regular extension but like there's just no reason for him to sign it this year like why not just see how this year that's the thing i've always thought is that he's better off doing it after the season because he can sign the exact same extension after the season and at that point he'll have a lot more information and in the meantime him not signing actually gives the bucks a better chance to win this year because you're basically holding miami and toronto's rosters hostage <laughs> right yeah they're not going to do anything until he signs it that's a that's a great point um so yeah i mean it does seem like it's trending that way it, you know Giannis, it could I, i'm not ruling it out completely i think Giannis, you know he's has a little bit different of a mindset than some of these guys and he may just decide that he's loyal to milwaukee and and certainly the fact that Milwaukee gave up the amount that they did for Drew Holiday is pretty remarkable if, in fact, he's not going to sign it. But you got to be concerned. Zach Lowe is saying, oh, a lot of people in Milwaukee were crowing about how he was about to sign it. And uh, oh, they <laughs> seem to have gone dark. Seem to have gone a little dark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had the same thought. And man... I mean, you don't make a deal like the holiday deal to me without some indication that he's uh, that he's going to sign it. Um, you couldn't you couldn't possibly trade for James Harden there, right? Uh, 
Well, it doesn't seem it's like setting setting aside the fact that Giannis and Harden seem to not like each well, other. Well, what the hell do uh, they have to trade? They can't trade anything. It's ridiculous. Why would Houston ever do that? They, they just gave yeah. up everything that they had for Drew Holiday, and then the discussion has been, well, Houston wants a Drew Holiday level of picks plus a young star. So, uh, you know, Dante Givincenzo probably not getting it done. I mean, I guess Chris Middleton is. Does Houston want Chris Middleton? I don't know what they would want with Chris that, Middleton. Yeah, I know. I mean, Middleton would be the more appropriate salary match right because these other guys they can't even put in deals for a while um so it would it would almost have to be middleton in the short term uh okay let's hit some questions here um hey let me throw another one at oh you. yeah please if Giannis doesn't sign and you get bad vibes that he won't sign would you trade him straight up for harden uh, i mean but like why would houston do that either yeah they'd have to have some indication that he was willing to yeah which he's not going to i, I mean willing they, to they, play for the rockets and st- stay at the golden nugget for 41 nights a year or wherever they whatever yeah i mean fleet bag hotel that's, they're uh, staying in on the road this year. that's like out of the frying pan into the fire when it comes to bad ownership uh yeah 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 <laughs> uh all right let's see here uh questions got a lot more comments than questions right now uh have you looked at the win total of over-unders anything stand out i have been fastidiously actually avoiding them this year as i've been doing my predictions danny i'll probably do that podcast after we get at least a little bit of preseason you know i mean there's there's this is one of the most I, i've said this before one of the most important preseasons even though it's truncated because i have no idea how stephen curry is gonna look i want to see how kevin durant's gonna look i want to see how zion williamson is gonna look that's a huge yeah. one uh, yeah yeah those three guys coming back from from injury that that really yeah. could totally change the landscape of the league yeah you know I, I i already filed my pelicans preview too and now i'm like oh it's either gonna look t- it's it's gonna look terrible one direction or the other depending on how zion looks in the in that first preseason game you already filed the pelican brief uh, on this season <laughs> yes oh yeah thank you uh, Mr. on Grish. twitch baby we are really we are right in with these references with the twitch demographics <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> 1994 <laughs> movies. John Grisham. John, John Grisham was once a cultural you got phenomenon. Any, you got any good jokes about MASH you want to share? <laughs> Nothing is worse than sleeping poorly. I know because I tried a mattress company that shall remain nameless. It was one size fits all and it didn't work. I had to return it. So then my wife found Helix Sleep. We took their two minute sleep quiz. It was way back in 2015 and we got a mattress that actually works for the way that we sleep. And it'll work the same for you, whether you sleep on your side, your back, your stomach, you want a soft, medium or firm feel. You sleep too hot, you sleep too cold. There's even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size folks. You're going to love this mattress because it's it's made for you and it is risk-free because you get to try it out for 100 nights and they'll pick it up for you if you don't love it so you don't have to take my word for it you don't have to take the word of gq and wired magazine which gave them the best overall mattress pick of 2020 and right now for our listeners they're offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows at helixsleep.com slash PER. Easy to remember slash PER because we talk about it all the time here on the program. That's helixsleep.com slash PER for up to $200 off and two free pillows. Don't forget that slash PER. John invented it to let them know that you came from us. I want to tell you about the best deal that Masterclass has ever offered. You can get an annual membership to Masterclass and give one to someone else for free. Perfect for the holidays. In our virtual world, maybe you can even take some of the same classes together. 
if you want to. That's where you can get unlimited access to every masterclass for you and a friend or loved one right now at masterclass.com slash PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Masterclass is just the absolute best way to learn from the absolute best people. It's called Masterclass for a reason. Steph Curry, Serena Williams, Alice Waters, Chris Voss on negotiations, former FBI lead hostage negotiator, incredible actors and actresses, incredible writers like Margaret Atwood. My wife took her class, loved it. Tan France, co-host of Queer Eye on Style for Everyone. This is cinema quality video. Plus, you get a ton of exercises as well. Just a great, great way to learn about the world and or get serious about pursuing your dreams by starting off with these classes. Once again, it's masterclass.com slash PER. That's masterclass.com slash PER. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let, but in that vein, let's turn now to some disagreements. And your Warriors preview is already out. Would you care to share uh, where you have them this year in terms of your projection? Yes, I have them winning 35 games and losing 37 and finishing 11th in the West. So not one... Uh, can I say how far out of the play-in game I have them? Uh, very close to the play-in game, but not in the play-in game. Oof. So what's your rationale on them not making the playoffs here, even with I just Stephen think, Curry back? I, yeah, I think having Curry back is great. I just think the rest of the roster just isn't that good. Um, with, you know, it's our, our, you know, okay, Wiggins, Oubre, Green. I mean, even allowing for the fact that I think he'll be better than last year. Wiseman, like, is that is that a plus group as like your two through five guys? Like relative to these other teams in the West, like, yeah, it's all right. You know, the bench is okay. Like, like, I, I don't know. I'm not that crazy about Pascal still. I think he got to take a lot of kind of quick, you know, kind of quick, quick twos. Cause he was playing on a bad team kind of guy. And I, I just, I'm, I'm not really feeling it with him yet. Uh, the other front court guys like Chris and Looney, like, eh, I mean, they, they might end up being okay. Wanamaker and Lee's your backup backcourt. Like it's serviceable, but you if you don't have overwhelming frontline talent like you used to, I mean, you're, I, I, I just don't see what takes them above average, I guess. They're just an average team. So, yeah, I mean, the, the two reasons that you would say, and I'm, I still have to really wrap my head around where they are, but I, I'm not going to have them 11th in the West and I'm not going to have them under five. Um, I went okay. through and I did their, uh, you know, I, I do my tiers every year of where I think teams will rank in offense and defense. And I actually think that mm-hmm. they can be in the six to 10 range defensively. That's where I think they're, they could be better than expected they got four guys in the starting lineup with seven foot wingspans Wiggins has put Mm -hmm. on some weight which is good for him I think you know he could be a decent enough individual defender on the wing you know but because he's bad as a help defender he's actually fine as an individual defender and they got other Mm -hmm. guys who could be help defenders you know I think Mm -hmm. now much of this relies on Draymond getting back and actually being good again but you know last Mm -hmm. year he basically was giving up because he's playing next to D'Angelo Russell and a bunch of guys who couldn't do anything all year and and it's also obviously a bet on Steph. I think that there's enough here with this team that if Draymond and Steph can be close to what they were in 1819, that this can be a team that's solidly over 500. Um, and okay. so, so I guess, I, I mean, I think when we think about our disagreements, I, I'm trying to narrow down to what it is. Is our disagreement that, uh, you know, and obviously if Steph misses time, they're sunk offensively. But is our disagreement that we don't think Curry and Green are going to be that good or that the other guys aren't going to be that good? Uh, 
I think it's probably more about the other guys. Like I, I like Draymond's going to be pretty good, right? I, I think he'll be very valuable on defense and not that valuable at all on offense. Yeah. And uh, Ubre and Wiggins, I think both those guys. I mean, they're they've been kind of teases their whole career, right? Yeah. Ubre played better last year. I, Wiggins, it's just it. I like I don't know. It almost brings me joy to see like another franchise talking themselves into him <laughs> in, in year year six or whatever it is. You know. Yeah. He's, he's like he's like the new Jeff. Well, Green. well I, I am. I'm glad to see that for like the first time his career he's actually like gotten stronger like that was one of the big things mm-hmm. that it was just such a disappointment for me that he just never really seemed to work on his body and that supposedly uh, i mean I, i'm gonna see them in person on saturday I'll, I'll get a little bit better of an understanding from the upper deck uh most mm-hmm. likely at that game but uh still might be better than their regular press seat there <laughs> well i think it may actually be in the regular press seating but oh okay. so <laughs> well so do you think it's is that too high in defense to that this could be in the six to 10 range defensively is that maybe maybe what our disagreement is is that i'm taking things that are possible and putting that as mm-hmm. what i think is going to happen and maybe that's where i'm going wrong here with them i think i think my uh my 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 slavish loyalty to my numbers is forces me into a rationality sometimes uh that um you know when i when i look at these teams that i have to look at kind of most probable outcomes and you know maybe they're you know if wiseman's better than i better than i projected i mean i gave a pretty Pretty decent projection because he was the second overall pick. I try not to uh, when I do this. I try to just kind of go, okay, the number one pick is worth this much, the number two is worth this much, and not yeah. not let my own opinions on the guys uh, interfere uh, because the teams were able to do their own research and you know came to their own conclusion. So you know, can he be like a mid tier starting center this year? Like that would help. That would help a lot. They they are thin at center. Um, and so yeah, I, maybe maybe I'm being a little bit too rosy here. Uh, but on the other hand, I was way lower on them than anybody else last year, uh, and I ended That's up true. being right. I completely missed missed the other way. Last year, I was actually going to ask you if you were concerned about this, that they were getting their asses kicked even when Steph and Draymond were playing. So, no, I, I'm not for a couple of reasons. Number one, in those games, Steph Curry shot 24%. That's not going to happen again. Um, you know, I, I mean, if he's if he's not going to shoot 40%, then yeah, there's some, because he's just not the same guy. But I, I think he is. Um, number two, D'Angelo Russell just completely killed their defense. They knew they were drawing dead as soon as they got him. Those four games at the beginning of the year, the center position, they didn't have anyone. Looney basically wasn't playing, and neither was even Willie Cauley-Stein. Like, they were awful at center. This year, at least, they could put pass next to Draymond he'll play some center for him I would imagine you know that to me might even be their closing group as Pascal and Draymond at the four and five um you know they, they had no shooting on the wing either they didn't have any reliable shooters I mean even when they got Michael Mulder who probably isn't even going to play this year might not even make the team even though I like him you know he just to actually have a guy that you had to fear on the wing or and Damian Lee you know he'll make shots at least like they they have some guys as shooters that they can mix in with Ubre and Wiggins like I actually think that this team for 10 deep they don't have any just like non-nba guys now and i do think that some of the younger more unknown guys could pop a little bit i mean they were playing their rotation at the start of last year was basically russell curry draymond and all replacement level of guys essentially right you know and guys who had no continuity and no understanding which you know that'll kind of be the case again this year but uh at least as as far as uh guys having been in the system they have a lot of new players but i don't put much stock in those four games at all okay um okay so so now I put
put a little more stock in the fact that Draymond really struggled all of last year but he did have some games where he really ramped it up like the Houston game on Christmas he ramped it up and looked really good in that game so can he do it for an entire regular season Eh, you know I'm still skeptical about that but he also was the best defensive player in the 2019 playoffs as well and so I don't think that that's totally done and then offensively I think Steph Curry I mean all you need is Steph Curry right like you can have a top 10 offense with Steph Curry and some guys and they're going to get out and run they're going to be really good in transition and I think their defense they just have enough size and length with Draymond quarterbacking it to be solid they don't really yeah they may not have anyone great other than Draymond but they also don't have anywhere where you're like oh we're just going to go right at this dude Uh, so Mm -hmm. and I think they'll be able to do some switching uh which can be really useful in the regular season as well particularly when teams don't have much continuity switching can be really powerful because there's just fewer mistakes that you can make defensively so that that's my thought uh you know I don't know if I'm gonna pick them to make the playoffs but I'm not gonna pick them to be under 500 um you know I think they could be average on offense and above average on defense. okay they are gonna suck when Steph is off the floor offensively I think that's pretty clear but you know Oubre and Wiggins they can like get by and create some shots and at least you know it's not gonna be Atlanta Hawks with Trey Young off the floor levels you know they'll be you know in the 20s offensively when Steph's off the floor well Kerr's gonna have to stagger because I mean Wanamaker is not gonna create any offense so but I think if you had like Damian Lee Kelly Oubre and Wiggins all out there at the same time I think you could get by against others like um but any disagreements with what I'm saying there am i just like too happy right now it's a, it's a, no it's i mean it's a it's a reasonable uh outcome to to discuss i mean i don't think it's like pie in the sky to say that um you know we're all projecting off small samples ba- based on last year with these guys so i think it's i think there's a lot of variance in 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 a projection for the warriors this year yeah uh versus where some other teams where you have a pretty good idea uh w- within a few games where they might end up i'm gonna have to be real with you i'm always real with my listeners toilet paper doesn't do a good enough job if you got a foreign substance on your arm would you just use some paper to wipe it off no of course you wouldn't and so hello tushy is here to solve that problem with their modern bidet attachment democratizing the blessings bestowed by bidets it's just better it's a better way to do things it's incredibly easy to install took me like five minutes and it saves as much as 80 percent of toilet paper use as well so it's going to pay for itself very very quickly join the millions of happy hello tushy customers right now and get 10 percent off plus free shipping at hello tushy.com slash per easy remember slash per because john invented it that's hellotushy.com slash PR to get 10% off and free shipping. That's hellotushy.com slash PR. Don't forget that slash PR. Let them know that you came from us. What's up, sports fans? Matt Peck here, host of Locked On Bulls, and I want to talk to you really quickly about another excellent podcast. Huge Fan is a new Sirius XM original podcast where stars talk sports. Each week, join host LaChina Robinson as she chats with your favorite celebs about childhood sports memories, game day rituals, the most heated rivalries, and more. And this new season features huge names like Anthony Ramos from In the Heights and Hamilton, Pat Carney from the Black Keys, Mel C, that's right, a.k.a. Sporty Spice from the Spice Girls, and even actress Michelle Williams talking about her love for our very own Chicago Bulls. Huge Fan is a fresh way to connect with your favorite artists, actors, and personalities about something we all understand, fandom. Huge Fan is now out on Pandora, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow the show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode.
Well, that's interesting that you say that actually here because uh, you and I talked. I, I, we didn't have it because it's not out yet your uh, exact number for the Lakers, but I predicted mm-hmm. this season that they were going to win 50 games, which would be the equivalent mm-hmm. of 57 over the course of an 82 game regular season. And uh, you are lower on them, correct? Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't think there's any chance of that happening. Um, for one, I like. I just don't think that. I just don't know that they have an interest in winning 57 games for one i like their focus is going to be on the playoffs and because they have this slog through the regular season and they have to drag a 36 year old lebron james through it uh where it's a compressed schedule it's a short turnaround from last year they're not going to come out with the intensity they came out with a year ago and like i don't think there's any chance of that um and then i think there's going to be a little bit more load management and nights off and whatnot too and the like i i think a lot of the second line players in this team aren't very good so i i think there's uh there's the potential for a lot of slippage there uh anytime james or davis is is off the floor i do think they help themselves uh in a way with the shooter pickup because it does give them like playing schroeder harrell does give them a viable secondary offense when lebron is out their offense just cratered last year when lebron checked out uh so i think it's good that way but it also subtracts the greatest strength of this team was just this hulking defensive presence for 48 minutes you just felt their size so much and now you have like six foot you know 87 pound Schroeder and six nine maybe Harrell uh, as a center I, it's it's not the same thing so I think that what they're going to do I talked with uh, Darius Soriano of Forum Blue and Gold for Dunked on Prime yesterday about this I think that what they're going to do is they're going to play LeBron and AD together more they're not going to stagger them as much this year and mm-hmm. the numbers with LeBron and AD on the floor last year were absolutely devastating and yeah mm-hmm. you might get a little bit more cleveland era lebron defense but i think he's also going to play fewer minutes this year and he also knows that the way that this team won was with defense that's not how those cleveland teams won and that he's going to need to at least put some effort out there and anthony davis is just an all-world defender and so is marcus Gasol. and when you have those two guys on the floor together and then you got some decent size as well uh, i think it's just it's going to look pretty good regardless of whether lebron is trying incredibly hard or just you know, I, I don't think he's gonna fall to the depths that he was at in Cleveland where he was just like he was the because the problem in Cleveland was he was the best defensive player and the only defensive player on the team those last few years and so he's just like I mean I can't be the guy who's putting out all these fires he's not gonna have to do that he's just gonna have to be competent uh so I think they're gonna be still very good defensively and then in the minutes when James and Davis are off the floor yeah they're not gonna stop anybody but I think Schroeder and Harrell can give you enough offensively to where they can just kind of play even and uh, it'll be a crazy offensive pace so that's kind of how I'm thinking about it and then I think they've got a lot of depth too you know I, I was surprised to hear you say that you feel like they have a lot of guys in their rotation who aren't that quality I mean who who are those guys I think they got 10 deep of totally solid guys here uh yeah I still have trouble seeing Markeith Morris as like a totally solid guy especially if he's not playing a stretch five uh which he he, he won't be if Gasol and Harrell are there yeah I don't think he's um, gonna play that much so I, I think he I was thinking about this yesterday he might close he might play more in the fourth quarter than he plays in the other quarters like he might just be in the closing lineup with ad and then just not really play that much because they were going to want to play kuzma too like they're he, he, they can kind of like yeah. keep him on ice for a lot of the ways i think till the and then playoffs. i you know the the other players they have at the two three you know you're looking at caldwell pope matthews kuzma mckinney <sighs> I mean, if, if, if relative to previous championship champions, certainly that is not a murderer's row, right? Um, Caruso is 
is definitely one of the best uh, backup guards in the league, so they have an advantage there. Um, and then, you know, Harrell is theoretically the backup. You have Gasol as a starter, though, and you're right, he can still defend at a high level, but offensively, he's gone completely south. Yeah, they, they're going to have so much passing, though, on that starting unit. I think they're going to be more than the sum of their part. And Are they? I mean, without a whole lot of shooting? I mean, I think if you have Wes Matthews, Gasol, who will probably be, you know, handling the ball from the high post a lot, uh, Schroeder, I guess, is probably going to start. He's been an okay spot-up guy. I mean, they were the, the Lakers were sixth in offense last year before they got into the bubble and they just screwed around because they had the number one seed yeah. wrapped up, uh, which is something that Darius yeah. pointed out to me yesterday. So I, after talking with him and really thinking about it, I was a little bit higher on them. I think I think they are going to be the number one seed again. Uh, the Clippers will have something to say about that too, but I think they're going to be you know right at that high 50s level of wins. Again, I mean, they got two top five players and they got a decent defense. I mean, it's really, I think it's going to be, and you know, I think they're going to, LeBron and all of them, they're going to take the coronavirus stuff seriously as well. You know, whereas some teams might not, I think that that'll be helpful. They've got uh, just a, a way of playing and a way of organizing around LeBron and AD where these other guys are going to look better than they are. So I, that's, that's my thought. Um, I, Cause you're really, how, how much of it is about the quality to you and how much of it is about, you just don't think they're going to try that hard. I'd, it's more the first than the second, but I think the second is definitely a, a factor. And, you know, I, I think the thing you have to look at too, I mean, that I always do is, I mean, there's not a lot of injury resilience here. If James or Davis misses any time, um, I, I, I just, when, it, when I, when I look at the third, fourth, fifth best players on these other teams they're competing with, I mean, they're all way better than what, than what LA has. What LA has that nobody can match is that they have, they have the best one, two combo in the league by far. And that I think allows them to punch way above their weight in a postseason environment where they both play 40 plus minutes at, at, you know, at their max, but to, to rack up regular season wins in a compressed schedule, like they, they don't really have the roster for that. Yeah. I, 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 again, I respectfully disagree. I think the Schroeder and Harrell, I think we're, we're almost thinking the opposite here. I think Schroeder and Harrell are going to help them a lot in the regular season. And I think those guys are going to be a problem in the playoffs. And I also think, you know, like there's, I'm still, they would be my most likely team to win the championship. I wouldn't say they have over a 50% chance of doing it, but there's a lot of questions about the bubble at 80 shooting 50% for mid-range they didn't have to play anybody who was higher than a top 12 defense basically during the regular season they didn't play anyone who was higher than what a, a three seed uh it and yeah. you know they didn't beat another in theory great team and, and if miami was a great team they sure as hell weren't when two of their three best players got injured in game one so yeah uh you know i, I think i have more questions about them in the playoffs this year than the regular season because i think Schroeder and harrell are just going to be totally solid uh we'll see shooter i'm a little worried about him being the lone quarterback of a second unit he hasn't really succeeded in that role but uh with Harold well, there there's there's some uh career year bounce back potential with him too yeah um and I guess my my numbers kind of saw that a little bit too which is probably why their projection wasn't as great yeah what did you call it back in the pro basketball prospectus days well the fluke I, rule? I, the, the fluke rule I'm, I'm not sure he's technically a fluke oh yeah that rule was guy. 28 or over right like a career had high. to be older than yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so guys, if you, we'll talk a little bit more Lakers here, but, uh, if you give us some ideas in the questions of teams that you think are being over or underrated, we can talk about some of those quickly, uh, in the, the comments. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's also the risk that LeBron James could fall off this year. This could be the year that he's not, doesn't play like a top five player when he's healthy. That's totally a possibility. Uh, I, I never want to pick this year as being the year, but in theory it has to happen at some point. We've never had a guy 
guy be 35 or over or, or be over 35 and still be the best player in the world jordan was the only other guy who's been in at 35 lebron was for last year but he turns 36 uh you know right at the start of the season here yeah really i mean carl malone is is really the only historical precedent for for where lebron is right now yeah i mean maybe you could say kareem like i think he was like 37 when he won finals mvp in 85 uh but you know i don't but think- he wasn't i mean he wasn't their best player though i mean in 85 no i think he probably was still magic didn't really it wasn't really till some of us are some of us are old enough to have watched that series uh, i mean anybody can be old enough to watch it you can watch it anytime you want <laughs> it's right there right there on film touche touche were you watching that series you watched that series live yeah 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 i think my my first the first uh nba finals that i ever watched was 1988 i think either 88 no it might have been 89 actually yeah it was 89 because that series is terrible uh Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar. No longer must you make do with a protein bar that tastes like a small child took a bunch of sand from the beach, put it in a wrapper, and tried to pass it off as food. The flavors of Built Bar are amazing. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake. Those are the new ones. The classics like raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie. All these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew, but still fantastic nutritional value as well. Peanut butter, for example, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. And you can even get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, the name of this network, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store so all right let's uh let's see if we got any interesting questions or comments here scrolling down um oh these guys will cut we'll talk wolves here in a second uh uh tam fige says uh the miami heat are being underrated again this season what do you think of that uh i'm not sure if i'm underrating them or not um i mean i think they're a legit contender in the east again uh are they going to have the best record in the east probably not but they're going to be right there i think there's five teams that can win the east and miami's definitely one of them yeah i had them winning like in the mid 40s you know kind of on a 50 win type of pace as a you know on an 82 game basis Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's right. The one variable with Miami is that they are set up to do some things in season, especially if they decide to call off the Giannis pursuit, um, that they, you know, they are very flexible in terms of the contracts they have, the players they have, uh, even they, they still have a couple of picks. I think they can put in deals. So they do have some flexibility that way to do work in season where, um, 
maybe Milwaukee is more limited. Philadelphia is maybe a little more limited because of their financial situation. So they're, they do have an advantage there. Yeah. And I just, I think a lot of it is just comes down to Hero, Robinson, Bam, Adebayo. Can those guys get even better? Hero and, and Adebayo in particular uh, are guys that you might see that from. Um, and also how much are they going to play Myers Leonard and Kelly Olenek? Like, are they just going to mess around during the regular season with those guys like they did last year? They sounds like they kind of might. You're, they paid Myers Leonard nine million for a reason. I still don't know what that reason is, but they probably intend to play him some. Oh, I thought no. I actually thought the logic on that was pretty astute. Um, they paid him so that they can have enough salary match for trades. Kelly Olynyk wasn't enough already. No, I mean, what if you want Olynyk to actually play in the games for your team? Like they had enough wiggle room under the tax line that they could basically g- generate. Like Le- Myers Leonard is a walking trade exception, is what he yeah. is. Like that, that. That's the entire point of his contract and it's one they can even take into next summer and use after uh july 1 or whenever the new july 1 is next summer august 1 i guess and uh and and use him that way so that that to me was was kind of a smart move to use his bird rights in such a way that that they would have the financial flexibility this season uh and uh, you know credit to their owner too i guess for swallowing the nine million to do that yeah no i i mean i've heard that rationale before I figured between Olenek and Iguodala that you probably had enough uh, already. Uh, you know, I didn't think they viewed Olenek as like that critical, but m- maybe if you, if you're seeing it that way, th- that makes sense. Um, okay, let's talk about our, our next disagreement here. Okay, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I, I haven't done their projection yet, but you know, it seems like okay. you have the you have them being better than the Warriors, don't you? I think the T Wolves will make it to the play-in tournament. So how are these guys going to be over 500 when they're going to be a bottom five defense? Can you explain that to me? Yeah, they're going to be a really good offense. They're going to be a, I mean, t- are they going to be a top five awesome, offense. Carl Towns is an Carl Towns is an awesome offensive player, and I think they have and I think they have a lot of secondary pieces that are just going to help push them forward. Um, you you seem pretty sure they'll be a bottom five defense. I mean, they're going to suck on defense, but will they quite be bottom five? Like a lot of their secondary guys are like average to good defenders. Their two main players are not, and Anthony Edwards I think is still an unknown to say the least. Yeah. So that. <laughs> That's an issue. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I we know what we saw in this tape last year in college, uh, yeah. but yeah. you know, and, and unlike someone like Ben Simmons, you know, he's not a guy who's like, oh, he has the basketball IQ and he's just being lazy. Um, well, yeah, uh, he has the physical tools, but he doesn't have, yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, you go a little deeper. Like Rubio is a good defender, right? He's going to play a lot. Josh Okoge is a good defender. He may end up starting. Well, well okay, Hollis if he Jefferson- if he starts, then you're not getting your top five offense that you need, though. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Hollis Jefferson is a good defender. Um, uh, again, can't shoot uh, outside of the restricted area. So that's a bit of a. I, actually, that's I, not I, true. I he actually, has a nice mid ranger, but still. like I actually think you could start him with the players Minnesota has. Yeah. Um, you can't start him and a Kogi. But um, my, my point being that there is defensive talent on this team such that they might not completely suck on that end. Uh, I mean, they weren't a bottom five defense last year, even. Um, well, well, who who 
who didn't play for uh, <laughs> you know, they yeah, just got one Russell. Game Russell, one game of Russell and Towns together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and and the numbers with Towns, I mean, a little of that was uh, bad shooting luck, but the numbers with Towns were atrocious. I mean, like he had he is like some of the worst defensive on off numbers that I've ever seen from a center, especially considering that you know, most centers just the default at that position is to be positive, and he's like negative three or something in some of these metrics defensively. Like, it, it was insane how bad it was. And again, you know, uh, but but when like Gorgie Jang and Nas Reed are like, you're way better on the floor defensively with those guys than with Carl Towns. I mean, that's that's not great. I mean, I think I see, I look at this and I think they're going to have two decent defenders in their rotation. One is Rubio and then whoever a Hollis Jefferson or a Kogi is going to play. And, you know, maybe Jarrett Culver will be in there. But your problem is, is like, all right, you're going to play Culver. You're going to play a Kogi. You're going to play Hollis Jefferson. All right, you might get a little better defensively. You still, your center and your point guard are still going to be awful your two biggest stars are still gonna be awful and now you're not you're not that awesome offense anymore if you don't have shooting around those guys so i think the key element here obviously is that carl towns at least has to be mediocre on defense like he, he has to get somewhere close to average they they were one and 18 in the last 19 games towns played last year and uh you know they, i mean this is a team like they started 10 and 8 last year like they were they look like they would kind of be okay so i i think a lot of that was the Draymond effect, uh, shall we say, uh, <laughs> in, uh, in in Minnesota, where he, you know, his pilot light kind of went out. And I, I think he has the tool. Like, I don't think he's destined to suck on defense. I, I don't think his tools are that bad. He's he's not going to be Bam Adebayo or whatever, but he shouldn't be a shitty defender. So, so let me frame it another way here. Okay. They have three guys, I think, who are really have established themselves as like quality rotation players in the NBA, I would say. Rubio, Russell, and Towns. And other than that, you got a lot of question marks. And like guys, a lot of questions. many of yeah. whom have even been, you know, kind of replacement level of guys. Now, I'm not going to say that none of those guys will evolve into being good rotation players. Like Wancho, I think, has a chance. Uh, Jake Lehman has a chance. Culver maybe has a chance. Edwards has a chance. Jordan McLaughlin probably isn't going to play, but he he certainly has a chance to me. Beasley has a chance. Yes. You know, uh, I, I, Beasley has been a quality rotation player, but he can't. He's another guy who can't stop anybody though. So yeah. I, I mean, if they're, I, I think their most likely starting lineup, John, is Rubio, or I'm sorry, is Russell, Edwards, Beasley, Hernan Gomez, and Town. Yes, I agree. I mean, with that. that is so bad defensively, and yeah, I you know I could see that being a top ten offense when all those guys are on the floor. I don't see them being top five. Like I don't think Russell is like that good. Uh, uh, and Towns mm-hmm. is great, but you still don't have like the elite creation. I think Edwards is going to take a lot of shots, and he's not going to make a lot of them. And he's going to be a really negative player. So I, I mean, I did. That, I definitely... that would be so. That's that's a legitimate concern. I think yeah. is 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 Edwards just going to go out there and light things on fire and get thirty charity minutes a game because he has to because he was the top overall pick. I think I think that's a real concern. Um, I have a positive projection in there for him because like he was the first pick in the draft. He might be really good, but there's a lot of variance around any draft pick uh when when you insert them in in here and especially when you insert them with 2000 minutes or whatever he's going to play so i think i think that's a big that's a big swing right there is is what happens with edwards but i i think there's enough here to be a decent team i mean like d'angelo russell was the lead ball handler on a brooklyn team that did make the playoffs right i mean yeah their offense wasn't any good though you saw him you saw him at his absolute shittiest last year uh i mean i watched those other games as well i i've 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 one of the worst 
worst all-star selections in NBA history, in my opinion, uh, that, that all-star year. Well, so here's another concern too. When we did our coaching rankings, do you recall where we had Ryan Saunders? Uh, he was either first or second or, uh, or, or not. <laughs> first <laughs> was, or second from the bottom? further down. Than- yeah, yeah. You just left, left out a phrase at the end there. So, I, so, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll say Wade, this. Wade's team went off the rails last year is definitely a concern uh, that I think reflects back on him. And I... I do, th- but it's an opportunity too, right? Like if they start slowly, I do think there's a chance they make a change. I'd be shocked. Uh, maybe if they change ownership, then yeah. But no, I mean, th- this is all kumbaya. Everyone loves each other emotionally. And, and not to discount that. I mean, it does seem like at least there's a a feeling of community within that team, but I don't know how much that leads to winning basketball games. I- I'll tell you what, do you want to make a-, a bet on whether the Warriors or the Wolves win more games this year? Ooh. Warriors or Wolves bet. I'll, I I have a very small margin here, so a a small bet. <laughs> a small bet. All right, we'll we'll figure out what that should be uh, offline. That, I think that that'll be interesting to keep up with. I mean, the Warriors do have some disaster potential, but I, I think the Wolves do also. Um, mm-hmm. let's see here. Let's uh, got any more interesting comments uh, to hit on? Yeah, a beer when COVID is over. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, with all the great coaches that were on the market, did the Wolves miss their chance to get a good coat uh i don't i don't think so i still think there's a guy out there that the wolves would would love to have i mean uh if you look if you connect the dots from gerson roses's time in houston uh and the uh uh the g league down there um uh if you look at chris finch who's now an assistant in toronto like i think his name will come up if that job uh ends up opening yeah i mean it seems like though there was just no chance of that happening i mean they're very last year was so wrecked by injuries they finally got their white whale and d'angelo russell and they believe that ryan saunders is the coach for all these guys so they're gonna give him a a chance at a real team uh yeah i don't know i i i still think as as much as there's the kumbaya factor there uh I, i do think there are expectations this year too um let's see get some more questions here a lot, lot I, I enjoy everyone going back and forth in the comments but uh it doesn't <laughs> make for the greatest radios i try to find a question uh are the pelican overrated uh that is one that we will get to momentarily here uh colin buck says uh lack of backcourt creation for the heat is that a concern for miami yeah oh i don't think so yeah Dragic, none hero jimmy butler basically operates almost as a point guard uh no I don't, i'm not worried about that at all yeah but the thing that came up when i was talking talking with uh, Albert Namad uh, for mm-hmm. our preview a couple days ago was that if they're going to play Avery Bradley then maybe that becomes more of an issue uh but because but yeah as I, long as they have one a Dragic hero or none on the floor I think they're probably fine but they do have a lot of one-way guys on this team still that's something that I think was an issue for them even though they had that wonderful run in the playoffs mm-hmm. but I think during the regular season that doesn't matter too ultimately um it, yeah but it, I mean it can be a little tough you know butler and out of bio the two best guys aren't great shooters so you got to get shooting on the floor but duncan robinson doesn't really dribble that much either so i mean they are very dependent on this whole move the ball from side to side uh get guys open philosophy so i i'm i mean they don't have you know an awesome unbelievable pick and roll player that's why Dragic's emergence was so good in the bubble like that's what they really needed that i thought they were missing but uh no i mean i think they're in better shape than a lot of teams are for sure 
Uh, how about lack of backcourt creation for the Clippers, says uh, Loch Ness 97. Uh, I actually am very bullish on Luke Kennard. I think he's going to help him a lot in that area. I think he's a much better player than Landry Shamit. I thought that was a very important and underrated deal. Yeah, I think I think that's right. And you, they still have Lou Williams also. I think the, mm-hmm. the biggest question is maybe at the very end of games, if you wanted to have someone who wasn't a defensive liability who can also handle the ball so George and Leonard don't have to, that would be nice but no team is absolutely perfect i mean i think uh, aside from that weakness this team doesn't have a lot of weaknesses other than just you know the implosion risk but i mean that's why exactly yeah yeah i mean there's almost nothing you can say the the thing with the clippers and the bucks is that there's almost nothing we can say about them until the playoffs start because because we know they're going to be good regular season teams right like that's not even an issue so it's just kind of waiting around to see what happens in the spring yeah i need to think more about the bucks because i i am a little worried about their depth although i I'm probably more worried about their depth for the playoffs uh, because I mean they sure. you know Augustine and Pat Connaughton and Bryn Forbes those are, those guys are probably fine to get you by with uh, I, they're probably not going to be as good defensively as they were this year when they were just like an all time great defense uh, yeah I think they're well the other reason they're not going to be I think is because they're going to experiment more defensively so they're not just caught playing one style that gets you know when it gets shredded in the playoffs they have no plan B yeah so I, I think there's that uh, front court depth I mean de- you talk about them being a worse defensive team when Bobby Portis is the only backup big like yeah that's that's gonna be a problem uh, don't forget DJ uh, Wilson the the savior yeah, yeah. of Bucks Twitter <laughs> DJ Wilson uh, yeah he he's he's their matching contract that's what he is um but I you know it's a it's a more top heavy team without a doubt but I still think it's a really good team uh are we sure the bucks are still a top three seed this year uh maybe they relax a bit to focus on the playoffs as uh all pulp oj which uh that sounds awful by the way hate pulp yeah sorry man they, they they'd have to relax quite a bit i mean they, they they have a lot of games to give back before they start losing ground to other teams yeah i don't think it's as clear cut as it was last year that they're going to be the number one though with the lack of depth I and mean, they used to have this 48 minutes of just a seven footer protecting the rim and i, I don't think they're going to be able to be nearly as good protecting the basket this year with their starters yes but when they go to any kind of bench bigs as you mentioned i think it's gonna start to get i mean they, like they're you look at their main bench guys forbes Connaughton, dj augustine bobby portis i mean you put two or three of those guys together on the court and your defense is gonna fall off pretty fast yeah actually i mean i think pat Connaughton is actually a pretty decent defensive player tory craig's good um that not having rollo will actually improve their projection <laughs> considerably uh the <laughs> by my forecast really? i disagree uh, with that court, though he allowed 46 percent shooting at the rim last year yeah but i mean that was was it, was it him like do you really think that was him? i mean i think it's part of it if he can just stand right under the basket because uh the, they're like swiping in from the wings to you know, prevent you from taking a mid-ranger and giving up a three on the wing so robin lopez can just stand under the basket and yeah he's still huge under there i mean there's and i certainly think there's gonna be a defensive downgrade to bobby portis trying to protect them that's and i think you know especially if they're only gonna play yeah. Giannis 30 minutes a game like this this group works a lot better with Giannis playing in 40 minutes a game in the playoffs if Bud actually ever gets him there uh mm-hmm. I mean if if they play him like 36 minutes a game in a playoff loss and then he leaves this year I mean like, that that would be absurd can, can right? you imagine yeah. if that actually happened yeah yeah although you know what's crazy I think in that Miami series they were actually a plus when he was off the floor like it was the minutes he was on the floor where they got their asses kicked yeah well and I, I mean that game four that they won 
one without him was a, a really weird game too although part of that was him doing really well in the very beginning uh, to keep him in it okay ready for uh the pels yeah sure I think this is another team that can be uh, very average. So that's my that's my enthusiastic hot take on these guys. What do you got? So I think offensively, you know, I would have them below Golden State. I'd probably still have them above Minnesota, I would say. But I, I mean, I think they're going to be a below average offense. I just think that the shooting is going to just be too much of a problem. Do you, do you see them being an above average offense? I think they might be above average in spite of their shooting. Um, so much depends on Zion, but th- th- like they... they they have enough guys who can who can score. The spacing is going to detract from everybody else. Adams and Williamson don't fit at all. That like that trade was absurd. I didn't get that at all. Yeah. Um, and they probably don't even gain much defensively between going from Favors to Adams, except just on the health front, like that they'll have Adams actually playing in the games, hopefully more. Um, yeah, I think Favors you know, is a better defensive player than Adams when he's healthy. And then kind of like the bench, the deep part of the bench still isn't great. Um, but if they go away from some of these charity minutes they were given to bad players last year, uh, you know, these, you know, these long stretches of Jackson Hayes or the, the random Frank Jackson cameo that would seemingly come up every game. Uh, I, th- I think they're in, they're in better shape that way. I think Kira Lewis can potentially help them. I think they have some positives in terms of like their roster isn't optimized right now, but they have a means of trading their way into a better team. Uh, if you look at the assets they have and, and the players they have. Uh, you know, Eric Bledsoe, if they're able to trade him and get get something, uh, if they're able to do something with Josh Hart, maybe like I don't know. I, I think there are, there are opportunities there, and then. Uh, you know, the, sp- the spacing is a concern with the starting group. I think off the bench, when you come in with Lewis, Reddick, and Hart, I think it, that kind of goes away. I think if Ingram plays some four, the, the spacing issues get better. Uh, Ball is certainly a better three-point shooter than he used to be. So I actually, as, as I look at it, yeah, I think they could be an above-average offense. I, th- I think defensively, they defensively is more of a question. I mean, they have some, like Ball and Bledsoe are good defensive players. You know, Adams is pretty solid. Uh, they actually have some defensive talent. If you look at the roster, they're just, they just don't have a ton of quality size. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Like Adams has to stay healthy because otherwise we got Jackson Hayes running around in circles for 20 minutes a game again. Well, the way that this projection gets beaten to me is that Zion Williamson looks like the guy that he was in the preseason last year. Mm -hmm. And maybe he is just so undeniable, particularly during the regular season inside where teams aren't as focused on not guarding the guys that they need to not guard. Um, I don't think they may not be quite as good in transition this year just because Stan Van Gundy doesn't emphasize that the way that uh, Alvin Gentry did. Well, they won't be as good in in transition offense, but they won't be as ridiculously bad in transition defense either. No, that's that's true. Uh, I I think that that's pretty clear to me. Ingram, you do worry that his shooting could take a little bit of a step back from last year just because it was such a ridiculous improvement. I I don't think he's going to go back to what he was with the Lakers, but I think you're Mm -hmm. asking a lot for him to repeat what he did last year year reddick could easily break down i just i just don't like the fit of this group like like if you wanted to, if you wanted to tell me all right you line these guys up from a talent perspective let's rank who has the most talent one through eight you know i could see them being a playoff team potentially but mm-hmm. if you're going to tell me that you know zion and eric bled 
Russo and Steven Adams are all in the starting lineup. I mean, that's just terrible. Like there's going to be so much less than the sum of their parts. And then Zion is so bad defensively. Again, maybe with better health, he could look more like the guy that he was at Duke, but I'm not, I can't count on that right now. I can't count on him playing more than maybe 50, 55 games this year. I mean, supposedly there are no limits for him, but we'll see about that. So I'm, uh, and you mentioned the lack of center depth behind Adams and I'm, you know, Kyra Lewis, his rookie point guard. I'm not counting on them getting positive contributions from him. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, love him, but also another guy who just was terrible last year. Yeah, so, he was bad. So I I just don't, I, I just struggle to see how they're going to be able to put together effective units. And part of that is just because Zion and Lonzo and Bledsoe, all good players, but also guys who are just hard to fit around. And I don't think that David Griffin did a good enough job paying attention to fit as opposed to just, all right, we're going to get some players who are good. Yeah, I mean, two two things that you really circle with that. Trading for Adams instead of Al Horford. Like, Oklahoma City had both guys, and they make the same salary, right? Like, they clearly could have traded for either one. Uh, so, th- clearly, Al Horford would have fit this group much better. Uh, and then putting George Hill into the trade rather than Bledsoe, uh, where George Hill would have fit this roster that he has now much better than Eric Bledsoe does, even if Eric Bledsoe is, quote-unquote, better uh, as in a vacuum. So I I think those two things kind of hold this back. Um, Basically, I think it's... I think it is playoff talent that will be dragged down because of the fit, uh, but also maybe dragged back a little bit upward because of Van Gundy. And the overall end game is that they're a completely average team. Yeah, and I see I, I see them as a completely average team, maybe slightly above when fully healthy. But I'm just very concerned about Zion injuries in particular. Um, I had a I had a conservative projection on Zion yeah. too. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he plays zero minutes, then my projection is still too optimistic. Right? Right. So we, we just don't know. I, I hope that's not the case. He is. He is so awesome. Uh, so Wiz9779. I've opined on this at length, but I thought this would be something that maybe you could talk about. You talked to more executives and were an executive. Why does no one seem to want Miles Turner? I'm sort of amazed since they want freaking every other center, right? <laughs> like like they're throwing they're throwing themselves all over themselves to to sign random backups to full mid level deals, but they don't want to touch Miles Turner. It's really interesting. Um, if he shot a little better. Uh, and was a little more of a, a real weapon when he spaces out. I think that would be important. Um, I thought uh, Caitlin Cooper, is that the name? Had a very yeah. good ar- article about this on Indy Cornrows um, uh, pointing this out. His inability to post up against a switch is a problem. Uh, but like he has, he has defensive value, right? And he's, he certainly can score enough. So this, I, I think people don't get excited about paying him $18 million maybe, but I think it should maybe be a little bit more excited than some of these dudes they're paying 10 million. Like I'm, I'm a little surprised there isn't more, uh, action on him. I was surprised that Boston didn't push harder to get him back from, uh, from Indiana and a Hayward sign and trade for instance. Yeah. When Jay Michael came on my show, he said that the Pacers even were were willing to throw in a first round pick and Turner and Doug McDermott in the Hayward sign and trade. And I mean, who knows what the quality of that first round pick was, but that the Celtics mm-hmm. still said no, which I mean, that again is really surprising me. We'll see what they do with this $27 million trade exception though. I mean, they, they could end up getting something better than Miles Turner with that. So, uh, oh, this is a good one here. They, they, they yeah. could, they could end up getting Miles Turner with that too. <laughs> Wouldn't that be ironic? Indeed. Uh, so who will have a better season, Lonzo Ball or LaMelo mm-hmm. Ball? 
Ooh, good question. Uh, I would say Lonzo this year. Gotta be. I think, I mean, LaMelo has a lot of rough edges that need to be sanded down. As to, He's really talented, but for him to make a high-level impact this year, yeah, I don't really see that. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think he's going to be actively damaging. He had 47% true shooting in the Australian last year. I don't, it, I, he may well be more efficient with for a Hornets team that has some other ball handlers, and I don't know if he's even going to start for them, but you know, I don't see him being good defensively either. I think he'll be better than he was in Australia, but uh, particularly with having not played basketball in a year and a truncated training camp. And Lonzo is an effective NBA player. I don't think Lamelo is going to be this year. Um, here's a good one. Mm-hmm. Chard Farley asks, uh, he's basically, his analysis is that there are fewer teams that just seem to be projected to have replacement level of players in their rotation this year. And have we reached a point where uh, the world's NBA talent is outstretching 30 teams' ability use it? Without really going through it, I kind of agree with his assessment that it seems like there are fewer teams like say the Hawks last year where they're just like playing three guys in their rotation who are just well below NBA level now these this year's rookies are going to play and they're all going to be awful probably given the circumstances so let's not forget about that um but I don't know what what do you think of that observation when I when I look at my sheet here I'm trying to see who has like sub replacement uh or multiple sub replacement guys who are projected for the rotation. Um, And, you know, so I I think you look at Oklahoma City as one, um, but it's hard to cut. It's hard to come up uh, with other ones. Like even even the Knicks, I can get to like nine halfway decent guys plus R.J. Barrett. You figure is going to be better than he was last year. Um, and uh, I look at some of these. Uh, Houston, okay, Houston's a question mark, right? Like they they could have basically four replacement yeah. level guys in their rotation. Depend on what you think of Boogie. You know, depend on what they get from Jay Sean Tate. You know, uh, th- there's definitely the potential for that there. Uh, Detroit, maybe. I mean, even Detroit, I mean, their guys are like, they're not technically replacement guys. They're just guys who aren't that good. Yeah. Uh, well, well, and we just haven't seen injuries yet either. I mean, everyone, everyone's healthy, yeah. right? Oh, did, no, uh, Charlotte. Charlotte would be the one. I mean, you're talking about going into the year with Biombo and Monk in your, in your top 10. Like, that's that's a red flag. Cleveland. Cleveland's got him there. Cleveland, yes. Uh, they're uh, basically their entire guard rotation. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bulls, if they get, you know, if there's an Otto Porter injury, then their small forwards are looking pretty rough, right? Uh, I think- I actually have talked myself into Chandler Hutchison a little bit. Yeah. Do you just like only like not watch any of his three-point attempts or what? I think he can be the ninth best player on an average team. <laughs> fair fair enough. Uh, you know, I, I, th- I think- the, How's that for optimism? I think the Wolves are, are have some questions about some of their guys. I mean, a lot of this too oh, is- can we, can we talk? Wait. Can we talk about the obvious one? Okay, see. Boston. All right, who's... Look at this fucking team after the first six guys. All right, so who are you saying is uh, in their rotation who's, like, replacement level? I guess you're saying Teague? Teague and or Pritchard, Langford and or Carson Edwards, Nesmith and or Javante Green, Grant Williams and or Semi Ojale. Uh, Grant Williams is probably above replacement level. These other guys are either rookies or extremely unproven. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see, which is and part of why I was surprised 
they let Brad Wanamaker go. But Brad Stevens seems to find a way to get something out of his guys usually. I think that's part of it too. If you have really good coaching, you can get better performances out of some of these guys. Uh, I'd say I'd put the Wizards are another team that might uh, might really struggle. I, I guess it's just you know Rui Hachimura. Certainly, if they yeah, if they if they come to you know have a come to Jesus moment about their uh, starting power forward situation, the the rest of their team looks pretty decent to me. Yeah, so it's really a lot of it just comes down to what the injury potential is. I mean, there's teams that are just going to be wrecked by injuries, and you know then it could yeah could get pretty rough. Uh, all right, let's see what else we got. Is that it in terms of our? Oh yeah, we got to talk about the uh, the Hawks. Okay, the Atlanta Hawks. Um, are you not as bullish as I? Am? I don't believe that I am. No. So uh, my prediction for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked about this with Brad Roland yesterday. I have them with 35 wins. So uh, you know that'd be a 40 win team over the course of an 82 game regular. And pretty okay. similar thought to the Wolves, uh, where I don't think they're gonna be quite as bad defensively as the Wolves. But and I'm just not. And I also think that their bench offense, if they're gonna play Rondo and Dunn together, might not be that good. Uh, and they just mm-hmm. like I could see the. Potential where this offense is just absolute all world, but I need to actually see all these pieces together and see them really do it. Like it looks good on paper, but I'm not willing to put them above, you know, a team like say Denver offensively, where you really have established superstars or Portland. You know, I don't see them being on that level. They could be, but I'm just not ready to go there yet with yeah. this group, uh, just based on the names that are there. I want to see how it all fits together. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, if they they need to stagger minutes so that Bogdanovich plays with the second group and Chris Dunn plays with the first group, even if they don't start the game that way. Uh, And then they need to, like, I'm interested to see how much Hunter and Reddish actually play because those guys were, you know, kind of negative players last year too. The other thing with Atlanta, though, I mean, it's not just the offseason. It's the fact that they replaced the worst center rotation in the league with Oh, yeah, I'm not saying they're going to be a 22-win team this year. That's obvious. I just, I don't know that I can go that they're going to be over 500. Like, I'm... Again, okay. same thing with Minnesota. I can't, I'm not a thousand percent sure that this offense is going to be better than that. Okay. In fact, I'm not even 50% sure <laughs> because I picked that to not be the case. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um. But, but I, I could certainly see where you're coming from. This, oh, my other thought on this too is, yes, I th- they are my pick for the eighth seed, certainly, but I don't see them as being as good as say the eighth seed in the West. And there, the, there's going to be more inter-conference games than there ever mm-hmm. have been before as a percentage of the full schedule and i think that that means that even if they're the eighth seed i think they're still going to be below the overall median of the league and so that's why i think they might be a little over under 500 you know, if you're wow. comparing them to say phoenix in the west one of these eight seed right. teams i think phoenix is better okay okay i had atlanta as the seventh seed in the uh east um and it's funny most years i have to i have to after i've done the with my projecting i have to steal wins from the west and give them back to the east because of the differential in conferences and the uh and the schedule imbalance this is the first year i didn't have to do that so i could just stick with my raw numbers which is kind of nice so indiana is another one i think indiana i have them as a 40 win team which would be a 46 win team that was before this tj warren news came out though that is very troubling to me uh that he's gonna be week to week with plantar fasciitis week to week usually tends to be a lot of weeks and particularly when it's 
plantar fasciitis, yes. you try to come back. Yeah. Like sometimes it's better to just have the full tear of the plantar fascia rather mm-hmm. than the plantar fasciitis because at least then it just you're out and then it heals as opposed to just being this chronic thing that lasts all year. But he he might be their most important player, TJ Warren. Like I don't there's nobody else on this team to me that really replicates what he can do uh as a, from a scoring standpoint. They want to get out and transition more this year and he's their best defender on the wing. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Justin Holiday and Doug McDermott, I guess. It really hampers their ability to play small with Sabonis at five uh, because they don't have, like TJ Warren playing at four is the obvious thing they do to to affect that. And Holiday's pretty small to play against fours, especially against like starting fours. Um, it's one thing to do it with your second unit. Uh, same thing with McDermott. Uh, you know, interested to see what Oladipo and Lamb look like this year in Indy. Uh, I have a hard time getting excited about them. I think they're an average team. I, you know, will they make the playoffs? Yeah, probably. But I, I don't know. I, I, th- I think, I think Atlanta has passed at this point. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I like a lot of it comes down to Bjorkgren too. Do you think you know this team was like twentieth in offense last year? Uh, and but in the top ten in defense, and I think they can get to around that level level again this year but I, I think if the fall off comes it's more likely to be on the defensive end they did get a lot out of these teams defensively maybe more than their talent would have indicated the last couple of years so I, I don't know what the coaching variable of uh the new Nate as opposed to the old Nate is going to mean for these guys yeah and the Oladipo situation I think is going to hang over them a little bit it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out yeah well I mean if it if it hangs over them to the point where like he's actually good enough to where it matters that's probably a <laughs> yeah. good thing right like <laughs> well that's the other factor yeah yeah I mean he's sure. just kind of like an, an overpaid two guard right now you know if, if yeah. it gets to the point where it actually really matters that's uh that's actually a good problem for them mm-hmm. uh and then the Rockets you have them being over 500 still I guess it all to me it's so binary if Harden is there then they're gonna be probably totally fine still and you know win over 40 games if he's not there then they're gonna be terrible yeah so there's a lot of variance right I just have it based on Harden showing up and then and not doing anything else other than show up (laughs) (laughs) he'll play I mean the way he plays like he almost can do that on autopilot um and even if they move him at the trade deadline like it makes them worse but it's it's not like they're getting a bag of crap back for him i mean they're going to get somebody who can actually play if, if they make a trade with him yeah i suppose so, that's true so I, I don't think it necessarily completely craters them um beyond what the other moves they've made have already cratered them um you know we'll see what they get from from john wall this year we'll see what christian wood can do um uh, you still got tucker there i it's i mean it's a it's a dicey situation. I think they. I think they've definitely. Yeah, you can't project them to be anywhere near the levels they've been the last few years. Clearly, like I think they're much more even with Harden. They're much more back end playoff team now. Um, and just where they fall along that spectrum probably depends on how you feel about how motivated Harden will be and how long he's going to be there. So I think their defense is going to be atrocious, particularly if Harden plays. I mean, he's just it, their defensive scheme didn't make sense to me even when we thought Harden might be there and playing hard like they got christian wood now like they don't really have the personnel that demarcus cousins they don't really have the personnel to switch anymore and so james harden isn't going to get over a screen are they going to go back to this thing where they switch every time harden's involved with the screen but they don't do it any other time and harden is going to be supremely demotivated defensively pj tucker is extremely disgruntled about his lack of a contract extension as well and they're pretty much reliant on his superhuman defensive effort they've lost robert coving 
Covington. They don't really have any good wing defenders. They don't have anyone who's going to make a play. Daniel House, everyone absolutely hates him after what he pulled in the bubble, you know, to the yes. point where people might not even be like talking to him at this point. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah. Like, I mean, this is setting up to be one of the worst team chemistry situations that we've seen. And that particularly seems to manifest itself on defense. So I see them being, you know, pretty darn low in the 20 defensively. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can see that. And so if that, you know, maybe they, they do better if they trade Harden and we'll see what kind of a package they get. But you imagine any package they get is going to be focused around draft picks more than anything. They might get one player back for him, but he won't be as good as Harden. So I, I think I'll, yeah. if I have to pick it right now, I'll have them missing the playoffs, I think. But, you know, maybe we'll get a little more clarity here in the next week or so. Uh, mm. And I mean, I guess if he's maybe maybe I'm being too sanguine to say that if he's there, they're going to win 40 games. Maybe as I as I talk myself into it, maybe that's not. The, but uh, and I don't know what to expect from them. I mean, I, I know they're not going to be good. I just don't know how how much they're going to drop off. Yeah. And John Wall also. I mean, who knows what the hell you're getting from him and how many games he's going to play. They're quite counting on, on him to be a, a second uh, yeah. initiator. You know, having Christian Wood is, is another guy who can do something from the center position offensively that they haven't had. So maybe they will be better than I think offensively, even if they don't have Harden. That, that's possible. But I think their defense is going to suck. Hard. Let's uh, let's finish up with some questions here. We got about okay. nine minutes sure. left. Um, okay. Do you want to uh, throw some of these in here? Pick one. Uh, yeah. Um, hang on here. <laughs> Someone wants to know if we'd rather hang her out with JaVale McGee or Evan Turner. That's funny. <laughs> I'll take Evan Turner. Thanks. <laughs> I'm more of an intellectual. Uh, all right. San Jacinto Slim. Do you think that the COVID environment will favor the lesser teams this season? If they have an outbreak, they would have likely lost anyways, but a good team can go from winning to losing during an outbreak. I guess that means if they like if they lose good players or whatever. Um, yeah, it's a variable we haven't dealt with before. Um, I'd say it's similar almost to uh, random injuries that come up during the season, though. I think it, I think the whole situation is set up to favor depth and uh, between the compressed schedule and the fact that you're going to have positive tests take people out. I think deep teams are going to benefit. I think younger teams in general are going to uh, benefit because of the compressed schedule. So I I, I would say that, so I, I wouldn't say necessarily good and bad teams, I guess. I think it's more a situation where deep teams, it's a situation that favors deep teams. If it's going to favor your Clippers, your Dallas, um, it's going to favor, uh, you know, n- not favor as much maybe a team like the Lakers. Um, so that that would be my argument. So I'm loath to make any kind of a prediction on how it's going to affect things. I mean, I think it's just one of those random variables that it would be impossible to anticipate. I mean, there's some thought that those who have immunity who have had it already, that that could be a little bit of an advantage although there's no indication to me that i've seen that there's any allowance in terms of the protocols where you know it's let's say donovan mitchell who's already had it uh is a close contact of someone else on the jazz who has COVID 19 do they say oh well it's fine you already had it donovan go out go out there and play no they're going to still isolate him just as they would everyone else yep. i think that's i think that's where the protocols just for isolation are going to be a bigger issue than even maybe people who are getting it because you know people are around each other all the time you know it's not like in football they've really managed to okay you're just only going to have contact with your position group right like they're mm-hmm. they're able to segment things i think a lot more and it's also the practices are outdoors a lot of times in football yeah and you're just not having as much close contact as you are in basketball so i think you could see situations where if one person tests positive on a team how are you not then having to quarantine everybody that's my question so i i, I gotta look at the 
I still haven't spent time on the protocols yet. I keep saying I'm going to look at them, but you know, as you can no doubt appreciate, John, there are uh, a few previews to get to here before the uh, yes, the season yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. You know, that's that's the one real advantage for Houston, though, that if uh, if Harden does test positive, he hasn't had close contact with anybody on Houston, so that you know they should be fine. Yeah, uh, I think he might have actually had uh, the, <laughs> that's uh, there, there's uh, the the fact that he showed up late to the bubble. Windhorse kind of alluded to that on his podcast today yeah. so yeah I, it's uh it wouldn't shock me i'll put it that way so mm-hmm. uh the one thing i will add though is do you really want to adhere to all these protocols and have your whole family adhere to all these protocols when you're uh 13 and 25 or are you just gonna say yeah Fuck it at that point yeah that's uh that's <laughs> when when you're a good team and you're trying to maintain things when you're and playing for forward, something yeah, yeah it's different right yeah yeah uh, w- that's second half of the season could get interesting that way, especially if guys haven't gotten uh, the shot yet. Okay, this this is a good one here. We haven't talked that much Harden trade yet. Where does James Harden end up? Make a prediction. Wow, man, I still like Brooklyn to me. Still can probably put together the best package um golden state is an interesting one if they want to get involved i think they could put together a really good package if they were interested you know you could do because they're in a weird spot right now where they have this incredibly expensive average team and but they could get out of that maybe if they traded for Harden. you know if you do clay thompson the minnesota pick wiseman and you know maybe a little something on top of that uh and turn that into james harden like do you do that if you're golden state i mean i probably would it would be exceedingly weird I, I think he ends up in Brooklyn though. Like that's where he wants to be in theory. And they, and they have the assets and KD and Kyrie want him there. So I, I, I mean, that's, yeah. that just seems like the most obvious. Uh, and I think maybe part of this, part of this, oh, he would go to other places is maybe a way to kind of get Brooklyn to put a little bit more on the table so that he can get to Brooklyn when Brooklyn thinks, oh, he's the, we're the only place that he wants to be. You're there's yeah, no and leverage. They act like they have over, over a barrel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, can I throw you my favorite wildcard? one oh yeah uh d'angelo russell anthony edwards uh and a and a future first or something for uh for harden uh i don't know i think the wolves are might believe that russell is better than harden <laughs> touche I, I, I don't know if they'd want to do that <laughs> uh okay let's see here what's the starting five for charlotte that's a good one grunt ass, wow ask that one a charlotte question uh so i guess uh gordon hayward is probably going to start this year i think uh i don't think he's going to come off the bench anymore yeah i'll say the starting five is uh lamello ball Devonte graham gordon hayward pj washington cody zeller i think bridges and rosier come off the bench yeah it's already been said that bridges is going to come off the bench already, so um yeah and they did say that cody zeller is going to start there's some talk they might play pj washington at five a little bit but uh, you know i mean he's clearly the starting power forward i mm-hmm. think the only spot that's up for grabs to me is which two of the three of lamello graham and rosier are going to start yeah absolutely and i pretty solidly graham's got to be one of them right it's it's ball rosier at the other spot i mean graham is probably the best of those guys but he also just kind of fits more as a as an off the bench guy to me just due to his size and, and i think you're mm-hmm. i would like to have rosier with ball because if you're if you're actually trying to win games which it seems like they're going to having one good defensive player among your three perimeter guys is probably important and i think like if it were me honestly i probably would bring Devontae off 
off the bench. I'm also interested to see what happens with his extension. I mean, now they can sign it during the season. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very interested to see. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, like will. That, let me. Let me, Yeah, go ahead. Let, let, let me ask you this because you said having a good defender between Ball and Rozier. Who are we calling the good defender here? Rozier is a good defender, particularly when Rozier? he's in a smaller role. Like especially he if he's pretty, being asked he was, to do that. I think that that's he was pretty thing. brutal last year. Yeah. Well, uh, I think he at least he's still better than Ball, Graham, or Hayward. So. <laughs> Would you start Cody Martin? Nah. I mean, he's he's their best wing defender. That's true, but he's also just a, a complete loss offensively. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's uh let's hit a couple more here. Ah, who's your favorite for rookie of the year? Uh. I, th- I think Anthony Edwards is going to be in the best situation to rack up a high scoring average. So I'd probably still lean toward him. I think LaMelo is going to be too all over the place and too a little divisive. I, think, I mean, Wiseman could be it. Like he he definitely yeah. is a situation where it, he could put up some numbers. Him getting COVID and, for training camp is uh, is a problem though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's probably going to be one of the top three guys though. I think these these guys afterward aren't going to be in as, as prominent roles. Uh, if you're looking for a dark horse, Horse, maybe Okoro, just because I think he'll probably start all year in Cleveland. I'm going to go with Lamelo. I, I think he's just the best of these guys. He's going to be spectacular. I mean, just his style. When he's out there, he's going to put up numbers. Um, and I, I think he's better than Edwards. Edwards, he's going to have more opportunity, I think, than Edwards will because Edwards, you know, he's still playing with uh, Russell and Towns, and he's mm-hmm. got Malik Beasley there and Rubio. You know, he could have his role reduced a little bit. Like it's just more of a mature team ball. I, I think he's going to get some chances, and it's just the good parts are going to be so good. Like rookie of the year voters probably don't really care about how what your field goal percentage is he's going to put up a lot of assists it's going to be spectacular i think he's historically compared to like your average rookie of the year he'll be well well below that level of production but i just and wiseman isn't going to play enough he's not going to put up enough numbers um you know maybe if he's awesome and the warriors have a really good defense you could see it but i just don't he's so behind the eight ball now to just have not played in a year and now have missed all of training camp as well he's he's gonna start very slowly yeah because he barely played last year yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's had even a longer layoff than most of these guys. So I I'm, uh, didn't didn't really talk about Obi Toppin. Oh um, uh, yeah, that's a possibility. I, I know you think he's terrible. Uh, he may be able to put up some numbers though. Yeah, I mean, there's also this question is always well. Let me ask you this. This is a better question. We're we're over time here, but I want to finish this discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? Who do you think will deserve Rookie of the Year? I find that's always a more <laughs> interesting question to me than like what some idiot voter is going to do. Yeah, I'd I'd still lean Lamelo Ball. Yeah. No, I. I, I, I agree um and i always like i will throw in a little bit of like okay who's kind of shown themselves to be the best prospect over this year i throw that into my rookie of the year analysis mm-hmm. a little bit as kind of a tiebreaker you know the the joel Embiid versus malcolm brogdon debate i think i'm gonna go with joel Embiid, yeah. that kind of thing yeah right right um we, i really like onyeke okongwu but i i just don't see how he plays enough minutes yeah. to impact the rookie and the he's also race. he's missing camp too the this toeish oh that's right yeah yeah all right this was fun thanks so much for joining us and we'll be back next week. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel, 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific, Thursday. Till then. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.